Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you can't have the name Big Dave and not be that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be Big Harry? Definitely nah. not. I don't know about that. It doesn't work the same way, man. Big Harry. That's how we do our show. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the DNDR presented by draft sure <laughs> yeah we ready to do this from the studio so like off day podcast yeah, so, I, so I was thrown off there it's not a winner's lounge it's not a loser's lounge it's just a podcast lounge yeah. it's very very uncomfortable we got a lot to get to tonight guys we're going to talk about a new accolade for Nikola Jokic well deserved we're going to give a notebook episode I went through rewatch the game you know, go go line by line and talk about some of the big picture stuff. We're also going to throw out some trade ideas. And mm. then of course, we're going to look at this six-game homestand. And to help me do that, I got the squad here from Ithaca College. I've got Brendan Vogt. It's always a great day to be a bomber. I haven't sat <laughs> from this angle before, and I have a new perspective on how short I am because the gnome is right. cutting the chat off for me. So that's... That's you sad. can't see over the gnome. No, huh? I can't. Oh, that's too sad. Over here, yeah. I got uh, Harrison Wind. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, guys. That's right. <laughs> beautiful freaking day. Are you embracing it now? I feel like I've got to rock the cardigan until they lose. 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Am I wearing the cardigan tomorrow night? Oh, my goodness. I, th- you, I think you should. I feel like I have to. They have. They did win one in a row against Detroit, <laughs> so right. it must have been the cardigan. That must be the reason. Yeah, probably. Uh, what happened, by the way, yesterday? I saw... You guys, Michael Malone sprints to the podium and nobody's there. Not a single person. <laughs> he got there in record time. Yeah. I mean, we didn't take any longer to get down there after the game. And usually, you know, the game ends. We There's 10 minutes. go down to the media room. We are waiting like five minutes for him. Yeah. Usually comes in, does his piece, blah, blah, blah. But he was in there a good minute before anybody got <laughs> in there. Do you remember the days when we would like set a timer for yeah. how long Malone would take to come out of the locker room? And it was like. 15 minutes, right. 20 minutes. Right. I guess he had little to say after the game. <laughs> little to say, was in a hurry. It is funny, too. People don't know this because this, the world's so changed that I don't even know the rhythms of Ball Arena anymore. Yeah. But it used to be after a bad loss, Malone would take the 20 minutes, and it, you knew, you knew it was for him yep. to cool down. That's yep. right. Because he's like, I'm too honest right now. I'm too honest. He probably yeah. cold shower, just had to like really, <laughs> really come down from his anger. I don't think there's a ton of uh, separation between like when he comes out after wins and losses now. It's usually around the same time, I think. New man. Yeah. Same man, actually. But he's still given the same reactionary stuff in the postgame pressers, yeah. which we love. But a calmed man since his days in Sacramento, we've learned from Boogie Cousins. Yeah. How weird was that? has the green light to call him Mike. Really? Is that right? <laughs> Twice in one sentence. Well, um, but yeah. So uh, Malone, even more of a hothead in the Sacramento days, apparently. Honestly, I mean, it's not surprising that this that was his reputation even coming in that he was like that he ran hot. So maybe you know, age of platinum, man. I could tell you that from experience. <laughs> um, guys, we have an exciting announcement. We do. Nikola Jokic, wow. one player of the week. Well, finally, come on, like. You knew he was winning this one. I know there have been like weeks before. I'm, I'm thinking back to, I think, the first week of January where Jokic's numbers were off the chart. Yeah. LeBron's numbers were like 10% worse, but whatever. It's LeBron and the, the Lakers won a bunch of games. But this was one where it was like, 
there's nobody that comes close to what Jokic <laughs> right. did over this four, last four games over this last week. It right. was insane. Triple doubles. Three <laughs> straight triple doubles. Do you want the numbers? He did have do four have, straight, but I we think have the three numbers? straight over the week. All right. So his, his, his weekly numbers, 36.3 points per game. <laughs> First of all, stop there. Stop 36 there. points per game. 11.3 Including rebounds a 49 per point game. game. 11.3 rebounds per game. Okay, 10 good. assists per game. Okay, triple double. 2.3 steals per game. Yeah, his steals have been crazy. Now, look, this sounds like a high usage week, so let's like efficiency. Yeah, no, but it's played a lot of minutes. Right, sixty-five percent from the field, forty wow. percent from three. Oh, stop, stop! <laughs> I don't know how it gets better than that. Sixty-five percent, man, is just insane. I mean, that's the thing is, like, we've seen. It's funny to me because the Nuggets went two and two this week. They lost a schedule loss. We keep saying to the Jazz, whatever. Three and two, right? And also, Yoke was, Yoke was a positive week. in every single game. In so, most cases, I think he's a plus sixty-six over the six-game homestand. A plus sixty-six. That's raw, not net rating. That was a raw plus sixty-six, and Nuggets only go four and two somehow over that stretch. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was a plus in all of those games. So I don't know. That was the only thing you could throw against him. But people have said, well, I've seen like the haters. There's Jokic haters out there, and they'll be like, Westbrook was doing the same thing, and y'all said his team wasn't winning enough for this or that. Here's the difference. Go look at Westbrook's triple doubles and his percentages in those. Go look at the raw plus minus and stuff in some of those games. Like, that's the difference. Jokic's 64% on yep. 36 points per game is ridiculous efficiency. Yeah. He's, He's also like not chasing triple-double. That's really it. Yeah. <laughs> Last <laughs> night was the ultimate. I wish he would have chased the triple-double. Just a little I know. Bit. It would have been fun to say he got... He would have had five straight triple-doubles. That would have been... It's like, yeah, first center that's since Wilt wild. or something. So. I mean, those are his numbers, and the storyline locally was, man, they can't get him the ball. <laughs> so can't get to the line it's can't so get the true. ball he's getting triple teamed it's so true read those numbers again it had 36 points per game and the really the biggest way the biggest difficulty was just giving him the ball um he's he's been fantastic man I, this really is one of his best stretches Kale, do you also have- also just to, to piggyback on that point we've seen i think like throughout the last couple of seasons the most defenses have ever like actively double and triple teamed him on every single possession. Yeah. I feel like we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. So right. for him to put up those scoring numbers with the defenses that he's faced is wild. I got to do something that's been bothering me and I can't believe I have never done this before. Like this needs to kind of like tuck in. Yeah, just like You're going to knock a bobblehead onto my head right, for sure. Yeah. It's been like this for a couple weeks and I don't I keep forgetting to All do right. it. Thank I'm God too, we addressed that. I'm yeah, too yeah. professional. Phew. I never want to interrupt the uh, post game shows. Over that. Uh, well, we got it now. Look at that. That finger now now it's bothering me in a different way. Man, this is going to drive me nuts. This has derailed the entire show. Yeah, focus, focus my up. attention on the show yeah. over here. Um, do you have Kale the graphic we just made that shows his numbers cuz look, last week four games, pretty good. But this is actually a six game homestand. <laughs> And Jokic's numbers over the six-game homestand, no place like home. Look at this beautiful graphic by one Kale Sobro, a.k.a. Super Producer Kale. Is it not fitting in the thing? Or There, there it is. The thing, <laughs> uh, just scroll down. We don't have to see Jokic's face. We've seen it before. Uh, we know exactly what he looks like. These are the numbers over a larger sample size. <laughs> and by the way, these numbers are weighed down by the fact that in a couple games, he barely played because Nuggets blew some teams <laughs> right. out. So, like, he didn't play the fourth quarter of the Portland game. He had another game, I think, Lakers with, like, game 30. As well. Yeah, Lakers, Lakers game. game. So... So it was two games he didn't play the fourth? I can't remember if he played the fourth in the Lakers game or not. I don't think he did. There might be two games without playing a fourth quarter, and he's putting up these 28-point triple-doubles over the homestand. So here's what I say. I think this is meaningful for two reasons. We talked about this a little bit, but I really want to hammer this point home. One, Jokic had a daughter as the season began. He had a daughter. As a father of two daughters, I know this is like... A real big deal. Like, people, I think when you're young, you kind of like, the, they're like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, be away. It's tough to be away. When it's your kid, it's different. And when it's your newborn baby, mm. it's like, I'm telling you, that's painful. It's painful to be away for an like, extended period of time. This is the longest he has spent at home. <laughs> I'm guessing it's the longest he had spent with his newborn daughter. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to say. His daughter's now four months old, and this is the most time he's ever been able to spend wow. with her. But also, just this season, I mean, the Nuggets have had the most ridiculous start to the year. It's starting to level out now with these home games, but... I just think that that was a refresh, a like, hey, I don't have to travel. I don't have to worry about packing my bag or unpacking my bag and doing this. I just get to go home, be with my family, and play. I, honest to God, think that's the yoke. That's the level of yoke's at right now. It's just been disguised <laughs> by some of the crazy stuff that's been happening. Yeah. That's a very Serbian corner take from you. You think I, so? I feel like you've been hanging around Miroslav and, and Voya a lot. That's man, a, it's very that Serbian true. corner-esque. They Miro really, would say that But I believe sure. it, man. I mean, it makes sense. It just, it just makes sense. Well, there's one other part of this. And last night, he did not have a triple-double for the first time in five games. But the reason the numbers were just even slightly down, in my opinion, also has to do with Denver starting lineup 
when you give him Aaron Gordon, Monte Morris, Will Barton, yeah. and Jeff Green, to me that's a very it's not a perfect lineup, but it's it's the best one they have this year. And I don't think it's a coincidence that when finally when that group got together, which just got together for this homestand, that's when you start seeing Jokic become unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And and so I really believe this. Jokic's greatness is shining through, but also being a little bit disguised by just how weird this season has been and how clunky the lineups have been because his numbers are actually better when the team has been better. Look, man, I think the Nuggets have kind of found something on this homestand. Like, mm. I think they've leveled up. Really? Um, I think this is like Nuggets 2.0 that, that we're, I, we're I, looking at it. right here. Nuggets 2.0. If, if, here, no, here's the thing. If you think about the Nuggets' last three losses, um, Utah. Yeah. That game was lost in a two-minute stretch where the bench just got run out of the gym by a Utah lineup with three starters to start the fourth quarter. Two-minute stretch, that game was lost. Uh, their loss after that to – oh, no, their, their first loss of the stretch, the Clippers. They lost 87-85 when they went 4-33 from three-point range. And then the most recent loss, Memphis. That game was also lost by the bench in a second-half stretch. That's like the Nuggets' only big problem right now. It's just the bench. And in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of a small problem to have. Like, it's not going to matter as much in the playoffs, but they've just got to figure that out. And I know we've been saying that all season, but the starters have been so good as of late. Yoke has been so good as of late. I think they're they're like on the cusp of kind of taking off. And we've been saying it all season, but it's a different thing to say now, isn't it? Now that there are actually other options. Right. Now, time will yep. tell if that was just Detroit or whatever, but we've people have clamored for Malone to experiment, and he has. There's just only been so many directions he can go. Now they have more, so is there something to two shooters and a center off the bench and a, a real roster, a real lineup makeup, you know? Well, we'll I don't, find spoiler out. alert, we're going to talk about this more in segment two, but I'm not so sure. I'm okay. not so sure. I think this is the season of false starts. Yeah. <laughs> false, and, and this might be another one, <laughs> um, but we'll get into that here in a bit. So let's get some notebooks, you guys. I have, don't, we haven't had a chance to do a ton of notebook pods this year, but I, I have some notes. Went back and rewatched the game. New episode of The List is up, by the way. If you don't know, The List is a film study deep dive that I do. I try to do at least one a week, sometimes more. Come playoff time, it'll be every game. But uh, went through this last game and put eight clips together uh, that I thought were the most interesting from the game. So you want to check those out. Some of the things I'm going to talk about now correspond to some of those clips. Um, obviously, Austin Rivers gets got the start in this one. If Jeff Green is out for a period of time, or if Jeff Green is traded down the line, is Austin Rivers the guy that you guys would like to see starting in the in that spot? Um, sure. Really? <laughs> For me, it's him or Davon Reed. That's yeah. where I would go. It's definitely not another big, because um, I I just think with this new look bench, I think Zeke and Demarcus Cousins could be a nice fit there. So I would want to keep them there. For me, it's Austin Rivers, Davon Reed. <sighs> I, maybe Davon. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the better defender. Who he's is the Davon? I, I I gotta give it to Austin Rivers. He plays very good defense. He's I don't know. Defender. I'm I'm not convinced that Davon Reed is the better defender. They might be equal. I defenders. think Davon Reed is a slightly better defender. Austin Rivers was good defensively last night in spots. Um, Davon Reed's the better shooter. <sighs> Rivers might have other some other components to his game that are better. I think it's pretty close for me between those two. For me, it's just that Rivers doesn't appear to be a Jokic ball player. Now, he had a good game last night, but I think all those things he does well, he could also do off the bench. Mm. And a bench unit might be one that's more willing to say, hey, man, if you want to take a jab step and go to the rim confidently, we'll take points any way we can get it. Whereas there are some moments where Yoke passes Rivers the ball and Rivers just refuses to shoot. And you can see the frustration. Right? Right. It's visible. So... Some of that is frustrating. Having said that, it is very clear that Malone trusts Rivers in a pinch, and I think it's because of that perimeter defense. I do I do not think it's a coincidence. If you go back and watch the rhythm of this game, Rivers had two really good stretches, mm. two, two moments where he was scoring the basketball and making plays off in the flow of the offense, not just like him doing something. They happened very early, and Denver took like a 24-16 lead, mm-hmm. so they went on a nice little run in large part because Austin Rivers was contributing – his role within the system. Yep. And then late in the game, 
if you I, go back and watch it, you kind of forget how the rhythms went. Denver took like a six, seven, eight point lead with like two minutes to go or two and a half minutes to go. And you thought, oh, the game's over. Then they blew it uh, and got it tied. But that run was Austin Rivers three pointer, Austin Rivers yep. closeout. And it's like, I'm not saying sometimes we say like Michael Porter's threes mean more because like they're threes and they add up quickly and this or that. But I think what it is with the Nuggets with with this unit is when all five guys are doing their part in the machine, the machine fully runs. And when the machine fully runs, it's like the Nuggets just snowball. They just start they just start get rolling. And yeah. to me in that starting lineup last night, you know, Gordon does his thing, Barton does his thing, Monte does his thing. When Rivers was like doing the things he's supposed to in that machine, that's when it gets going. That being said, I don't know if I trust him or Davon Reed to more consistently be the guy in the machine. Because of the reasons you were talking about, like Austin Rivers can be a bit of a ball stopper. He can be afraid to shoot yeah. for some reason sometimes or slow to shoot. Yeah. I don't know if I fully trust either of them right now. I just don't. I mean, I I think I had a slightly higher opinion of Davon like a month ago than I do right now. It's weird because he made some shots lately. I know, but he's also like taken some shots that you're yeah. like, yeah. really? That's Davon? the thing you're most scared of with really? him. Yeah. And maybe that look, PJ comp is good. <laughs> is, <yeah>. I told <laughs> you. Um, but Austin can take some of those shots too. I think my verdict is I don't I don't trust either one, like yeah. 100%. So it's funny. The first play of the game, as it almost always is, I've watched the show enough, you know, I talk about the Nuggets will run a post up for Jokic first play most of the time because it's a read. It's like, okay, what's the team doing? What's the defensive assignments tonight? Last night, no double. Jokic yeah. scores very easily on the first play, and it's like, really? You're not going to do this? And then it became like from that moment, you could have paused the game and said, how's this game go? If the Nuggets can get Jokic the ball, they yeah. win by 30. Yeah. If they can't, if they struggle to get him the ball, it might get a little bit closer. But Detroit, they did mix in other coverages, especially late. But early on, they just said, Yoke, one-on-one. Good luck, Isaiah Stewart. And My first tweet of the night was... Um, Thanks, buddy. It's Thank me. you, vote. Wow. Thank you very much. Oh, no. Oh, God. All right, you, go, guys, you guys go ahead. Go ahead. Zoom um, in on, on Harris. My first tweet of the night was, Jokic has that look in his eye. And yeah. that was after like the first two possessions of the game where he just scored. I think the first one was on Stewart. The second one was on, like I don't even know, Sadiq Bay or something. Yeah. But he was like, oh, you guys are single covering me? Yeah. All right, I'm just going to put the ball in the hole. Yeah, very easy for him <laughs> to yeah. read. He's so comfortable with his footwork in the post right now. The Nuggets played a lot of zone early. Now, an interesting question, one of the big questions I have for tomorrow night is, when you play a team twice in a row, Denver plays Detroit at home, and then they go on the road to play Detroit, I'm guessing that both teams are going to be like, next game plan is completely different because we don't want – you know, we don't want them to get a read on what we're trying to do. Denver played zone a lot in this game, a little bit early on, a lot in the second half, and it lost its effectiveness over the course of the game. Like, they started to really score. They were not just scoring, but they were running actions that were designed for, here's their zone, here's what we're going to do, and they were getting a lot mm, of buckets. Sure. So I'm curious if Denver goes back to that zone, if that was the product of, hey, some guys are out, so we're going to do this, or if it was a product of, you play this team twice in a row, mix up what you're doing, I don't know. An interesting thing, last night we got a look at Zeke Naji and Isaiah Stewart. If you remember, those two guys we talked about leading right. up to the draft, Nuggets had them on their big board yeah. as like, hey. In, in an alternate universe, it could be Isaiah Stewart on the Nuggets. Very, very much so. And I think, and Stewart went first. Like, he was drafted before yeah. uh, Zeke Naji. I think if both were available, I, from what I had heard, I think the Nuggets might have wanted Isaiah Stewart. Like, that was like a guy they, they might have taken. Do you have any takes on who you would prefer now seeing how both guys play. They're very different. They're so different. Oh, it couldn't be more different. Um, I like Zignaji. I like Zignaji. Stewart played great last night. Like he, he was made, unbelievable. He made jumpers like what's like you see shooting ten percent from three. <laughs> yeah, he looked good last night. That, that three what was I, so yeah. pure. It too. was so pure. Out of his hands. Yeah. What I was impressed with about Stewart is he went at Jokic. Like, without any fear. Yeah. He, he was not scared of Jokic. He even went at him in the post in the first quarter and then w was hitting jumpers. But I just think Zeke is the better fit in, in today's NBA. The three-point shooting, the defensive versatility. I would take Zeke. Yeah, Stewart's a little undersized, right, for a traditional center, which seems to be, to me, how he plays, or at least whatever the modern version of a traditional center is. And so that, so that makes it tough. I would say Stewart because the Nuggets have been on the, the search for a backup center all season. But that, I think, is maybe more roster construction than, like, he's better than Zeke. He know. definitely, yeah, that, that's part of it. I will say this. I think Michael Malone would have liked Stewart more. <laughs> like, he's a, he's just a lunch pail <laughs> and hard hat guy. You know, oh, he's yeah. going hard. He's physical. I yeah. think Malone loves physical guys. Zeke, he's tenacious Zeke sometimes making an appearance, but it's not his <laughs> default state. 
Although I do, I agree with Harrison. I think Zeke Naji has the more like up, more upside, given his his skill set. I agree with that. But he does have to grow into some of the other aspects of his game to fully unlock yeah. those things. Let's take our first break. On the other side, I got a lot more notebook notes here. We spent too much time raving about Jokic as we are known to do. <laughs> Uh, guys, at Breckenridge Brewery, there goes my phone. Make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager. Pick some up at your local liquor store, local grocery store. If you're down here in the Denver area, stop into the DNVR bar. We've got Breck Brew on tap. We also have the Breck Brew Seltzers, which are incredible. Lots of different flavors. I'd recommend the peach. It's the best flavor. I will hear nothing else. Um, but if you're not in the Denver area, you can still pick up Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, like I said, at your local liquor store. And it's nugget season, so make sure to pick up the Mile High City Copper Lager. Um, uh, I noticed this last night walking into Ball Arena. This has to do with our next sponsor. The ball sign on Ball Arena is off. It just says Arena. Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on, Ball Arena. I don't know if they're redoing it or what, but yeah. uh, they're replacing the sign on, on Ball Arena. Um, anyways, Ball came to us because they're looking to fill... Uh, line capacity at their golden plant they're looking for production technicians if you want a job if you want a job with ball check them out jobs.ball.com and search for golden it pays 27 dollars and 39 cents per hour Ooh. you could be living large working at ball uh potential for increases at 6 12 and 18 months on the job again if you want more info jobs.ball.com and search for golden or you can simply text golden to 77222 Awesome. Josh, you should have said they dropped the ball, but your joke lands all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Good try. Good try. All right, segment two here. Getting back into these notebook notes here before we talk about this upcoming road trip. Um, AG was really using his size advantage early on. He was just dominating physically inside last night. It went away. Second half, he wasn't so much. I don't know why. If they just started shooting threes in the second half. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was, but he made a point. And it's funny because we talked about Cade Cunningham and what a great NBA body he has. You could tell he's a 19-year-old because yeah. AG was like, no, get in the weight room because you're not there yet. And he was just absolutely muscling him around. And I love that about AG. I really love when he uses his size advantage like that. Um, Bryn Forbes comes in for Monte. I'm so curious. Maybe the number one thing I'm curious about in this next game, if that's the same rotation. Mm -hmm. Malone, I will say this. We know Malone doesn't change things when the team wins. Right. Was that the new rotation or was that the rotation because Jeff Green was out? Exactly. Uh, Jeff Green, Bones, <laughs> Highland, all of that. Like, if those guys are back, I yeah. just we have no idea what to expect of this rotation so coming back. So, I mean, Austin Rivers, does he play with the second yeah. unit? I mean, who knows? There's so many questions with this, and I don't know if Malone has all the answers. Um, that unit, though, and here's why it was important that Forbes came in because we wondered, is he going to play with Jokic? That un unit actually – made a really nice run. I think they ended up just being a plus four in like a three-minute or two-minute stretch, mm -hmm. but it should have been a plus eight. If you recall, yeah. Denver was doing great. They gave up a fluke four-point play that included they get a 24-second violation almost, but instead, uh, I can't remember who it was. It Was it Diallo who like takes a one-dribble yes. jumper, Barton. hits it as a prayer of a shot, hits it, gets fouled on the shot, and there was an off-ball foul or a technical Later, so it ended up being four points on one possession. <laughs> Otherwise, Denver that unit I think went on an eight-zero run to start things. So eight-zero run down to an eight-four run before the next sub came in. And there's just reason to think that playing Jokic with an extra floor spacer in Bryn Forbes, and then having like Barton take on the role of ball handler or what have you, that that might actually work in small stints as as units start to um, stagger. So I'm interested in it. Um, then Faku came in for Barton, super small backcourt with Rivers at small forward. So then you have Bryn Forbes and Faku playing with Jokic and Austin Rivers at the three. Don't love this one. <laughs> now, now you go to, they actually started, it was Aaron Gordon, it was Faku, and it was Austin Rivers. That's three non-reliable floor spacers, and I just don't like it. Another uh, another development from the new rotation more minutes for Faku than he <laughs> yes, was getting before. And, yeah. and more minutes with Jokic, actually, <laughs> right. too. Which So... I mean, maybe that's legit, or maybe it's yeah. not having Jeff Green. Yeah. I hope the latter. I hope the latter for that specific <laughs> one because I don't love it. I mean, one of the stories of this game you could say is that the starters, it used to be starters great, bench bad. Now starters kind of flattened out, and the bench flattened out. They're not yeah. quite as bad. Starters not quite as good. So I don't know. That's one game sample size. Shouldn't draw too many By conclusions. By the way, I really quick, I did. That was the one spot in the first half. Those Faku Jokic minutes where Detroit was helping, was doubling mm. hard on Jokic. I noticed mm. that. Um, so I hope they avoid it. Lacks size, obviously. Forbes and Faku together is really small just to begin with. It lacks shooting. Um, one thing I have, and this was on the list, the Nuggets 
have been one of the lowest teams in the NBA in the Jokic era at scoring off screens. Now, this is not dribble handoffs. This is not pick and rolls. This is like where guys run around the court mm-hmm. off screens and then they catch and fire. With Bryn Forbes, they actually early on called a play that got him running off of three screens. You know, the NBA has gone away. I don't know if you're getting a little bit in the weeds here, but NBA used to be full of floppy action. Floppy action would have players running along the baseline and they could kind of pick how the many Rip screens. Hamilton. The Rip Hamilton, for sure. I mean, the Spurs would run a lot of this type yeah. of action. And the NBA's gone away from that a lot as it's kind of the yokification of the league, a lot more mm-hmm. pick and rolls, a lot, like more, uh, a lot more other stuff. But the Nuggets have always been really low on that. The team that's number one in the NBA at scoring off screens, anybody want to guess? The Heat? Nope. They don't score. That they do. Guess. Should have been the Golden State Warriors. Oh, have Steph Curry. Yeah. They run yeah. Steph Curry off all yeah. these screens. And what does it do? Bend the defense. Now, the Warriors also run a lot of pick and roll and a lot of dribble handoffs. They do a perfect job, in my opinion, of blending the pick and roll, which is like the modern day NBA, with this off screens, which is like they are uniquely positioned to do. Clay Thompson. Sure. Uh, you run two shooters running in opposite directions off screens, and the defense is like, where do we go? I think the Nuggets can be a lot better at this. I think the Nuggets, when we talk about diversifying the offense, it's tough this year because they don't really have screen uh, shooters. But when you get Murray back, you get Michael Porter back, I would love to see actions where both of those guys, you, you run pick and roll a lot, dribble handoff a lot, delay a lot. I'd like to see them mix it up by running those guys yeah. off to start possessions. Ooh. And even if you don't get shots off of those, the defense is still switching. They're still reacting. And then you go into a pick and roll. If you go yeah. off of that right into a pick and roll, that's where you get the Warriors offense. Yeah. This is a really uneducated take, and it's probably wrong, but I feel like the Nuggets have been running the same plays for <laughs> they four have or been, five of course. Years. And, like, that's not a bad thing because they obviously keep working. Right. You know? Yeah. But, um, no, I agree. I agree. And I also wonder if we're going to see more of that because the Nuggets, they really haven't had a shooter like Bryn Forbes in right. the Jokic exactly. era. I was thinking about the closest comp to him, and it's probably like it's Malik. Marcus Howard, but that didn't count. I was thinking Malik Beasley is like probably the closest comp. And obviously Forbes is in a whole different class of shooter from what Malik was, but they just haven't really had that guy. Yeah. Denver's had some pretty good shooters. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. Right, but too. I'm saying like the guy who can quickly come right, off the screen, right. dart shooter. in and out. That's all he does. Like Prince yeah. Forbes, I think we know. His game is shooting. It's He really is Marcus Howard, just taller and more totally. veteran. So. And more catch and shoot friendly, I think. Howard seems to be a guy that gets himself. He does like he he comes to Denver and gets the floateritis. The best part to me of the Demarcus Cousins, actually, it's hard to say best part because just having a rim and and paint presence was a big part of it. But maybe the second biggest part, he drew fouls, and Jokic shot ten free throws last night. And when I went back and watched this game, some of that, at least in the first half, had to do with Demarcus Cousins drew three fouls in like one minute. So you start the second quarter. Also committed three fouls in one minute. <laughs> Give a little, take a little. But you draw three fouls like that, and by the time Jokic checks back into the game with seven minutes left in the second quarter, the other team is one foul away from the bonus. Jokic draws a lot of non-shooting fouls, but yep. if you can get into the bonus, those non-shooting fouls become shooting fouls, and he actually got to the line, I think, for four free throws in that first half that were the result of being in the bonus, and being in the bonus was the result of DeMarcus Cousins drawing fouls early. So a little benefit there that mm-hmm. doesn't show up in boogie stat sheet doesn't show up anywhere in advanced statistics or anything but um it's something to kind of keep an eye on um second quarter uh oh yeah so screens with florbs working really well uh second unit showed enough positive flashes when i went back and watched this game this is my take my overarching take denver outplayed them by more than what the score indicated like Denver, I think should have won that game by 15 points. There were a handful of very unfortunate things that happened in this game. And I don't mean unfortunate as in like, feel sorry, just basketball. You can't be perfect. Like sometimes the ball just bounces wrong. Sometimes this happened. I mean, Denver had a couple technical fouls. They had a couple plays where it was like great defense, but that four point play, there were three consecutive, uh, three point plays for Detroit in the second half that were just kind of like a little bit unlucky here, there. So I actually think Denver, it was disguised a little bit how much they outplayed Detroit in this game, including that second unit. I thought Detroit played pretty well. Yeah, to be totally honest, like I was impressed, and they they fought, they they shot the ball well. I don't think Denver's defense was bad last night. I, I think the Pistons executed. And yeah. thinking about those bench stints, you know, it's not just don't get beat by the margin that that last bench group did. It's can it not happen in 30 seconds? Right, right. Right. Can right. this be a back and forth affair? Can can both teams be dragged down into the muck? And I thought there was a lot of that for the bench in that Detroit game. You know, they got off to a great start. They, they got off to like a 
they had that 11 and one run at one point, right? right? And then they couldn't close that sin as strong, but that's okay. What didn't happen was a 10 point lead went to a 10 point deficit right. in five minutes. So I was encouraged by that. I mean, they kind of did, to your point, have that collapse. It's just that they first had a that's big right. build. You, so that's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can live so with it leveled that, out. Man. But they did. That second unit does give up a lot of 10 0 runs. They gave one up in this game, too. It just happened to be. After At least they, they got their up. run, though. Um, that was my only other note. The only other thing I had was, I wonder how distracting... Actually, Harrison, you could act, ask this. There was a lot of cheering for the football game going on <laughs> in that third quarter. If you watch it, you're kind of like, oh, man, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I don't think it distracted anything on the court. It distracted me, though, a lot. <laughs> I was very distracted. The whole ball arena just start cheering, and you're like, what's going on? Well... Yeah, and it was like one of those weird cheers slash like pockets of noise where like, is there a fight going on or something? Yeah, right. it was like somebody streaking on the court. Like, yeah, I didn't know what it was at first, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely weird. Let's take a look at this ho- uh, this road trip though. The Nuggets, uh, you know, they just got six home games in a row. Now they have a road trip that I think is their hardest. Remember, they had that seven game road trip where we're like, this is the hardest stretch of the year. Then the NBA canceled two games and rescheduled them, and now they have. A I would new- kill for that road trip. Right I now. know. Now you have a new hardest road trip of the year. Six games that spans the Midwest, the East Coast, back to the Midwest, to the South, to the West. In nine Utah. days. In nine days. For two back to back. That should be illegal. Oh two- wait, it was before they rescheduled this game. Yeah, it was illegal and. And the the funny thing about this is like Detroit to Brooklyn, not that close. That's a good. That's a two hour flight. Yeah. What is that? Then, then you go Brooklyn to New Orleans. That's like a three and a half, three hour flight. Then you go New Orleans back up to Milwaukee. That's another three hour. It's like all these flights are really far. Ugh. They're not doing the train ride to Philadelphia. You know, they're doing these right. long ass uh, travelings. But hey, man, the schedule just it's the, it is uh, what it is. Chat, find me a flight to Brooklyn. I want to go. That's on Wednesday, right? Find you a flight. If, if you find one under two hundred, <laughs> let me know, chat. <laughs> You want to go to that game when everybody rests? That's right. No, I just want to see my friends. Oh, okay, there you go. Um, so they, you look at this Detroit, Brooklyn on a back-to-back, New Orleans, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Utah. I looked it up on 538. How many games would you guess Denver is favored in that six-game road trip according to 538's game predictor? Three? Four? Two. One. Wow. Cool. At Detroit. They are favored exactly one. The New Orleans game, they are one. They can't or, even get the favorite in New Orleans. New Orleans, they are 0.5 point underdogs. So is it's Herb pretty, Jones pretty, that good? Herb Jones is that good, man. Don't don't slander my boy. Um, so I look at that and I go, man, so technically one in five is like what's going to be predicted for this road trip. What First of all, let's just break it down. The Nuggets right now are 24 and 21. If they went one in five, they're going to be below 500 by the time they return, Harrison. What is uh, what's par in your opinion for this road trip? Um, par would be three and three. Man, where are the wins? The wins are Detroit, New Orleans, and um, I don't know. I don't know about the third. I mean, Minnesota. That's going to be a tough game on a back-to-back. Brooklyn's shorthanded right now, so maybe you could talk yourself into, hey, Denver can do something, do some damage there against the. Oh, never mind. Team. Minnesota's not a back-to-back. Minnesota's not a back-to-back. So I'd say Minnesota, New Orleans, and they're and they're are they. Which which games are they favored in? Uh, just Detroit. Not so not the Minnesota game, huh? Right, They're not favored against Minnesota. Minnesota's good. I mean, what happened the last time the Nuggets played? Yeah, yeah they got they absolutely <laughs> murdered by <laughs> them. It's a good Anthony point. Edwards went absolutely off. Um, man, so, I, yeah, three and three. That's it, par for me. I think that's par as well. I think that's par, and that's you a go tough three par. and three, and you're like, okay. You actually get an A minus. Like unlike this last one where they got four and two, I'd give them a B minus. I think if you go three and three, you actually get an A minus from me. I, I think you actually look at that one and you're not. Yeah. If you're they more go three happy and three, than, Nuggets two point is still intact. The Nuggets two point But if you only go two and four, I mean, unfortunately, you're going to be at twenty six and twenty five. Yes, the schedule gets very favorable the rest of the way. Not literally the rest of the way till the end. Your schedule is very favorable, but you know, twenty six and twenty five is still not that great of a record to have at that point yeah. of the season. So. Um, I agree with you. Now, here's the big question. You do have a back-to-back against Brooklyn. You have a back-to-back against Utah. I'm going to keep bringing this up because I hope the Nuggets are listening. I hope Michael Malone is tuned in right now. I know where you're going, and I was going to ask this. Last year, the Denver Nuggets season went up in flames, coinciding with a schedule that looked not too dissimilar to this one, where they played an enormous amount of games in a very short period of time. And guess what? They were rolling. They got Aaron Gordon. There was this hype around the team. Everybody was excited. And so it's like, let's keep going. It's a back-to-back. We're on the road. Everybody plays. Jamal Murray got hurt, and he came back. And it's like, hey, we're rolling. Let's put him back in and see what happens. And P.J. Dozier went down. Monte Morris went down. Will Barton went down. Jamal Murray went down. 
all of a sudden, everybody got banged up on the team. And I, I'm not saying that's a direct correlation. Sometimes things happen, and probably there was a lot of that. When I look at six games in nine days, I just say the odds of a player getting hurt go way up unless you take games off. Harrison, are you as concerned as I am? I'm concerned, and if I was Nuggets, I would absolutely rest Nico Jokic in at least one of these games. I agree. Definitely one, maybe two. Maybe the back-to-back in Utah. Two for me, man. Two for me. I mean, the back-to-back in Brooklyn and the back-to-back in Utah are two obvious rest games. I mean, those are two games where you're on short rest in a period where you're playing a ton of games. There's high risk of injury in those games, and... This is why you got DeMarcus Cousins. Strong agree. Strong you got agree. him because he can soak up minutes at center. So I, I think it's a necessity to rest Yoke. Weirdly enough, vote. I actually think three and three is so much more likely if the Nuggets do sit Jokic the Brooklyn game. Wow. Um, because then Jokic. think it's lost anyway? Well, maybe, but I just think if you gave Jokic four days off between Detroit and New Orleans, I'm like, yeah, there you go. Perfect. He's going to murder him. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Whereas if he's playing the third game in four nights against New Orleans, I'm like, I don't know, man. They might just be fatigued. I would beat Detroit and then just put Jokic on a plane to New Orleans. Be like, go down to New Orleans. Let him go visit our buddy Christian. Yeah. Chop it up with uh, Willie Aaron Gomez down there. Is he going to do this? Are the Tuggets going to do this? By the way, it's not just Yo- it's not just Jokic. Like Will Barton too. Like Will Barton needs no, some time totally. off. totally. Aaron Gordon needs some time off. I I don't know, man. I don't know. They seem very collect wins mode to me. One game. I'm gonna say time. no. Yeah, man. I don't know though because like when they did get Cousins, I I had heard from people around the team. Yes. This can take the burden off of Jokic. Yeah, man, but also the first thing we heard from Cousins last night is that his feet felt like cement blocks. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if Cousins is ready for 35 minutes. <laughs> I really don't. And maybe he gets there by then, but I don't know. He's more expendable, though. Like, if he went down, it'd be a bummer, but uh, I'm not trying to be, like, impersonal here, but it would at least yeah. be like the Nuggets season isn't going up in flames. Yeah. Do they rest him? Should they? Yes. Do they? I'm going to say no. Maybe one. I would say no chance twice. The Utah game, it's tough, man, because that's a divisional he's game. Gonna wanna play and he's going to want to play that one. And the front end of that is Minnesota, so it's not like you can tell him to sit that one either. Yeah. The Brooklyn game, I just just rest him, man. I don't think there's a whole lot. to The interconference games don't mean that much. I just don't think there's anything there. Three and three is definitely par. If they go two and four, I don't think it'll be the end of the world, but it does. their record won't won't be very nice. Probably not winning that. another player of the week if they go two and four. You do, though? Like <laughs> a me- I mean, yeah. Then you get the Pelicans back at home. You know, you get a Knicks game, a Celtics game. Like, you'll get a chance to make up some ground as well. But obviously, um, this would have this was why 6-0 would have been awesome on that home stand. Well, Denver has. This is their schedule at one point in February. Sacramento, Sacramento, Portland, Oklahoma City, Houston, New Orleans. Like, that. that's a streak where they're going to be strong mm. favorites five, six games in right. a row. So they do, like I say, they do make up for it. The schedule always evens out, and it's going to even out for them at the back half. But sure. I just look at this stretch right here and I say, if you get two wins, you're, I, two wins would be a disappointment, but you're still going to get a B minus C plus from me if you go two and four on this road trip. Yeah. And nobody no, gets hurt. That's it. If you go two and four and you don't lose someone, it's yeah. an A minus for me. I don't care. Yeah. I'll all right. It. Let's hit our last break on the other side. Wind has some trade ideas. <laughs> you're putting this all on me? <laughs> I am putting it on you. You got some trade ideas he really wants to uh, throw at you guys. He's, uh, he's married to these. He's married so to these ideas. Might be he can't a little believe strong. it. <laughs> Um, guys, check out Lightshade Dispensary. Uh, if you use the code DNVR, you're going to get 25% off each purchase. When uh, you go into a Lightshade Dispensary, they've got 10 locations across the Denver Metro and Aurora locations. Go up to the register, drop the code DNVR. You're going to get 25% off each purchase. You can also shop online and then go pick up and then use that DNVR code there. Uh, to get 25% off as well. It's a great deal. I mean, 25% off, that's big. Um, Of course, at Lightshade, you can get Escape Artist, the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. It prioritizes quality and consistency. Ratios available in one-to-one and high ratio CBD 20-to-1. They've got you covered there. So check out Escape Artists. Uh, You can pick that up at the Lightshade Dispensary. And when you go there, make sure to use code DNVR. Two five uh, for twenty five percent off. 
Um, also at DraftKings right now. What do we got at DraftKings? Did you guys watch that football game yesterday? Yeah, we did. Flipping back and forth. Oh, here's here. another funny story from Ball Arena. So we're all watching the Rams game, it was, in the press lounge. And like Mike Malone's about to do his pregame thing, like as that game is winding down. So he actually walked into the pregame and the postgame with nobody sitting there. There you go. <laughs> he must have loved that. <laughs> he must have. Um, four teams remain in the NFL playoffs. That means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down the Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer. It's okay. Still take advantage of the same game parlays. You can get that for NBA games as well. Uh, so make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $200 or $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DNVR for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Card only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Bones Highland not on the injury report, by the way, for tomorrow. Will Barton listed as probable with hamstring tightness. He had, he was listed as that last game too. So Barton, I mean, look, take that Brooklyn game off. If Dude, nothing please. else, I think that's a great opportunity. Um, Marcus Howard and Jeff Green listed as questionable. So Jeff Green will be an interesting one to see if he goes. Yeah. That. Same. I mean, same with Bones Highland, where they fit in. Should be an interesting one. Should be a fascinating one. Also, you know, Detroit has a handful of players that are kind of interesting too about whether or not they'll play trade season is almost upon us harrison and you have some hot take trades that you would just believe the nuggets must do i don't know about must do but it could help look it's tough because the nuggets don't have a lot of ammo um, <laughs> they don't have a first round pick for a while their next second round pick is i think 2024 they don't have a lot of real desirable assets that i think they want to part with right like, are they going to trade Bones Highland? No. Do they want to trade Zeke Naji? I don't think so. But those are how you get good players back. Right. <laughs> so a trade target high atop my list is Robert Covington. Mm. Um, look, the Blazers are going to do a fire sale at the deadline. Robert Covington, I think his length could be nice on the bench unit. Uh, his off-ball movement could be nice. Defensively, you know, he doesn't he's not as good of a defender as his rep suggests, but you know, he's he's still pretty high in like the advanced defensive metrics, and he's the best defense defensive player on Portland by a mile. So I think his defense, his length could help. He goes hot and cold from three, but um he's a top target for me, Covington. What do you think it takes to get Robert Covington? <laughs> See, that's that's the tough part because he's gonna be desirable. Um, of course. I, I wonder if Portland could get a first for him. I don't think the Nuggets are going to give up a first for him, nor do they really have one to give up, not until one later down the line. So I think he might be a little bit out of Denver's price range, but like the package would be, you know, Jamichael Green, I, I think Vlatko, and like a first. Oh, that's right, Vlatko. I'm curious as I go through this. I know people are going to hate me for saying this. I love Bones Highland. I love him. Whoa. I love him. I'm about to get canceled by VCU, bro. I'm telling you, I just, when I look at how does this play out for the Denver Nuggets, like this Bones Highland, I'm not convinced he actually plays tomorrow night. I don't know that Malone is going to say, hey, that's our guy. Like, I think Bryn Forbes is in. I think Jermichael Green is in when he's healthy. Uh, you know, I, I think Faku is in when he's healthy. DeMarcus Cousins, they just signed. I think he's in. Like, I look around and I go, I don't know that Bones Highland is going to be a guy that gets the minutes required to get him to where I believe he's going to be healthy under under Michael Malone. That's the decision he makes. So I look at that and I go, do we have ourselves an R.J. Hampton situation where it's like, man, we love this guy. We'd love to watch him develop. I think Bones is better than R.J. Hampton, just for the record, like a lot better. as pr projects to be better. But do we have a situation where it's like, don't fall in love with all of your players? The same goes for Zeke Naji, by the way. Because when you talk about trading away first and trading away this or that, first, it's tough. That's real. That's your best trade animal going yeah. forward. And it's also just tough to trade first, given Denver, what Denver's done so far. Bones might be the guy. Bones, 
Jeff Green, Michael Green, those might be the guys that you look at as trade prospects if you're looking to get back a player of Covington's caliber. And then you ask, is it worth it? Well, here's the thing. Covington's on an expiring deal. It's a very short-term investment to be able to get him. But he is a guy that's going to be in your rotation, no questions asked, in a playoff series. And if you go up against a really any team, Covington's going to be a key piece of that. Bones Highland might be an anchor this year and might not ever get the minutes to develop yeah. into the player we all believe he, he can be. I mean, you're right that it's going to take Bones or, or Zeke to get a really good player. I would not even think about doing that deal, though, for Covington. Covington's not worth that at oh. all to me. I mean, I wouldn't even give up a first for Covington, but I think somebody will. Like, uh, that's why I don't think the Nuggets are going to get him, but I would not do that. And I'm with the chat here. I do think of the younger assets, I would start with Zeke, although I do think maybe Bones is more appealing, depending on the suitor, uh, more valuable, perhaps. But I think if we could have our pick of things, probably they part with Zeke before Bones. Zeke's certainly going to give you more this season than uh, Bones. That's that's true. And by the way, I'm not I'm not high on the idea of training either of these guys. I just again like the to make money work and stuff. You could move Jermichael Green. You could move Jeff Green. Like how interested are other teams in those guys versus Bones or, or Zeke, which might command some value. So. I get that. This is Denver's in a really tough place, right? We want to say the Forbes trade tells you they're all in. But how can you really be all in when you still don't know about your two max guys? This might be too many chips in the middle to, to move on from Bones. I don't know. It, you'd have to have a good sense of what you were doing long term. I mean, because that's yeah. the thing is Denver would start to get a little bit more depleted. I'm telling George Carl, he's like really convinced me, though, about... Like, I'm not from talking to George, I'm not surprised Michael Malone doesn't play guys like Bones and Zeke as much as we would like. Right. It's just yeah. coach, coaches that, that, for whatever reason, they want veterans. And if that's what it takes, then you got to give them. You, you either move on from a coach or you find the players that they want, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, what else, Wind? Covington? I don't, think you're, I don't think the Nuggets are getting Covington. What about Mo Harkless? Oh, God. Mo Harkless on the Kings, just toiling away in Sacramento. Good defender. Cheaper. This is a cheaper trade. This is a step below Covington. Yeah. Like, Mo Harkless is actually under contract for next year, too, making four points. So who would million. he replace? <clears throat> who is he? Like, who are you trading? Because the thing about Mo Harkless, I do not trust that guy to score in an empty gym. Absolutely not. <clears throat> um, I mean, Jamichael Green, if the Kings want him. You know what he? You like know, you're Mo, not, you know you're what Mo Harkless really is? He's like the combo forward version of right. Jermichael Green. He's like a position up. Yeah, he's like well, he's not even a full position up. He's half a half position, position up yeah. of Jermichael Green. Yeah, I just think it's realistic. Like these names realistic. aren't going to blow anybody out of the water, but that's just Denver's reality. I'll right tell you. Now. I'll tell you something. The thing I worry about Mo Harkless is I don't know if that guy's a true competitor. Like I just don't know if he has <laughs> yeah. that. And what does Yoke always say about Jermichael? Like we try to figure out why does Jokic love Jermichael. For that, he always does the right things. He cares about winning yeah. this or that. And so I don't know. If it, if he was a true small forward, meaning it was a guy that you're like, his best position is small forward, then I would say, okay, you could do it. But the fact that I think Mo Harkless' best position is power forward, I don't know if that solves a problem for Denver. Yeah. That's just the spot I'm trying to fill, though. Power you know, forward? On the bench unit with Covington and Not a Harkless. wing or a perimeter defender. Well, a 3-4. You know, both okay. those guys are like, they can defend those three fours. That's that's who I'm looking for. I don't think there is a single player on the Nuggets roster I would trade for Mo Harkless. I just, because I don't, I don't want to see him in Denver. He mm. reminds me of a worser Tory Craig. Like, Tory Craig is at least more of a three. <laughs> Tory Craig is the three Would version. you want Tory Craig? <laughs> you almost have, like, Tory Craig's the three, Jermichael Green's the four, and then Mo Harkless is, like, the combo, the three four of that yeah. mold. Yeah. In the worst way, though. He's the worst kind of combo. He's more of the tweener than the combo. Yeah. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, anyone interested? Too rich. Too rich. He'd be hard to get, actually. The chat's going for DeAndre Hunter. Way too rich for the yeah. Nuggets. Yeah, of course. This is the thing about these trades. Like Nobody was clamoring for Bryn Forbes, either. Like those, That's the level of trade you're yeah. likely to right. get here. Is right. Some guy, and look, that's not the worst thing. That's not the worst thing. If you find a guy that fits into, that, into those spots, then it's like, perfect. He's not a great player, but he unlocks a certain aspect of all the other guys you have. But this is an illuminating conversation. Like I saw some people say, well, let's just keep both those guys and develop them. What are we doing here? But this is a good, this helps put you in the frame of mind of the front office, right? Malone has said, temper your expectations for the trade deadline. This is why there right. are, right? There's either a move that's probably too aggressive or there's a trade that's not going to get anyone excited. So maybe they tape up around the edges 
But again, a severe lack of assets is going to be the defining factor in this trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, Kenrich Williams, I mean, that's obvious. This is. Man, <laughs> I people, wasn't going to mention him. I was listening, though, to, I can't remember what show, reputable reporters, and they were talking about the price for Kenrich, and it was like a first rounder, too. And I was like, man, for Kenrich Williams, I love Ken. I'm the Kenny Hustle super fan. Kenny but Hustle. You don't give up at, at real assets for Kenrich Williams, really? in my opinion. I, don't, I, I think you could give up a, a late, late first for him. Man, He's I, I don't good, see it. He's good, man. He's good. He would make them better right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he is good. I just don't think you. The, the, we're talking about bullets in the chamber, man. I just don't. I don't do it. Yeah. Um. I don't really have that many more names. He, you know somebody who's having a bounce back year in San Antonio. We're gonna go back to San Antonio. Oh my god! Don't say Kate it. Bates oh D-Hop. my god! Don't Come say on, it, dude. He's a good defender, and he's actually having a <laughs> solid year. That's the Trey Lyles of of Jamichael Greens. He's been decent. <laughs> Kata Pates Diop is not coming back to Denver. Lyles He's been decent. Let me tell you. <laughs> what else do we have? Is that it? I don't have anything else. Is that a, we have any other thoughts here? I think. Well, this do ex- you guys have anybody? This is this exercise. <laughs> good, good work, guys. Justin Holiday or Sean. Holiday. <laughs> hey, man, we all bring different parts to the, the, to the table on the show. Um, I think. Uh, <laughs> Guys, bring anybody. I think this show this demonstrates how hard it is for the Nuggets to get a guy. Yes. And here's what I would say. I tr- Tim Conley's very good at scouting into benches. You know, like he just kind of knows these guys or this or that. So, like, that's to me, like, Roddy Magruder wasn't on my radar. Right. But, you know, you watch him shoot some threes and you think, hey, maybe that guy would fit on a second unit, you know, in, in a certain role. So, uh, that to me is more of in line with yeah. what's going to happen. If they move a guy, it's probably going to bring in a Rodney Magruder type player that you hope can give you a game or two in a playoff series and maybe just fill some yeah. minutes. Another guy who's on my list is Kyle Anderson. Come on, man. Kind of fallen out of favor in Memphis. Is he hurt? No, he's just kind of, I think, been passed up by a bunch of guys. How far out of Conchar favor has he fallen? Because <laughs> I favor him. I see Max Struess. Like, yeah, we always want these guys. The funny thing about Max Struess, though, is he is like a Bryn Forbes, Forbes type. Yeah, he's a Bryn yeah. Forbes yeah. type. Yeah. They found their shooter. Screens. They found their center. They need a defender, man. It's the wing defender. Uh, they need a That's Gary Harris. their target. Justin they a, Holiday. They need a Gary Harris. Yeah, Justin Holiday would be great. But again, like, what does that look like? Maybe a little bit more expensive. Um, well, that'll wrap it up today, guys. Don't forget, I want to remind everybody, the Goaties live show is this Saturday. That's You're right, going to want to check it out. We're actually premiering Newcomer of the Year, nominated Aaron Gordon. He's Dude, nominated for the Nuggets I as Newcomer of the Year oh. in Denver sports. We're going to see who the Avs nominate. We're going to see who the Broncos nominate. We're going to see who the Buffs and Rams and Rockies all nominate. She's so rad. Uh, but we're going to be doing that. What other one was today? His Moment of the Year is also premieres tonight. So we got some really cool ones. Nominee oh, for... I'm on that one. Yeah, you're on that panel. Uh, so you're going to want to check those out. But more importantly, if you're in town... Come and check out our live show. We haven't done one of these since we did one at Blake Street Tavern. It's one of the most fun things we've done since the DNVR launched. Uh, We're hoping it's going to be just like that. we got some games lined up. That'll be a lot of fun. So check that out on Saturday. Hit that like button on the way out. We'll see you later.